going to see we were dead. Dead out. Dead in our sins. Uh, dead in trespasses. Uh, but He said, You have He quickened. Uh, that is, made alive uh, in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been made alive. I was in the state of Florida some years back. I walked up to a woman and I said to her, she must have been about uh, 25 or 26 years old. I said, Are you, do you know you're a sinner? She looked at me kind of puzzled and said, Why, I, I didn't know that. Well, I, that kind of got me. I said, Well, uh, uh, did you ever have, ever have a mean thought? Uh, and she said, uh, I never did. Uh, well, I said, Did you ever get mad and want to take a ball bat and hit somebody in the head every now and then? And she looked at me for a moment and said, I never did. Then I said, Dora, I said, Did you ever tell a lie? And she thought for a second and said, uh, I never did. I said, Yes, you have. You just now told one. Amen. Now listen to me. A lot of people uh, have never recognized that they're lost, uh, that they're dead in their sins, uh, dead in their trespasses. Uh, that's the reason, my friends, they walk and live like they do. Uh, and that's the reason that uh, here Paul the Apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God uh, goes on to say, uh, wherein in times past uh, we walked according to the course of this world. I mean, in days gone by, my thoughts was of this world. I thought the way the world thinks. Uh, I was out for all I could get. I was out for everything I could steal. I get it, hook, crook, any way I could get it, my friend. Uh, that's the way uh, that a lot of people in the world operate. And so here, we find that he says uh, that in times past, uh, our courses of this world, uh, according to the prince of the power of the air, in other words, we live like the devil wants us to live. Uh, yes, sir. I tell you, we use the devil's language. Uh, we acted my things like the devil wants us to do. Uh, and, uh, and he said, in times past, this was our course. Uh, and then he said, fulfilling uh, the desires of the flesh and the mind, uh, and were by nature of, uh, 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 children of wrath, even as others. Uh, now he's simply pointing out uh, that that's the way we were. Somebody said to me tonight, uh, Oh, I was so deep in sin, they said, uh, I was on the verge of taking my life. Uh, oh, there's a lot of people like that up and down this world this day and time. I mean, they're drinking their booze. Uh, they're getting out on Friday and Saturday night, kicking their heels up, and think they're having a big time. There's a lot of men go to the plants, the factories, work all week. Uh, they get their hands on a few dollars. Uh, and then, my friends, they want to get in the poker game. Uh, they want to get all the booze they can consume. Uh, and all they're thinking about is uh, getting out doing the butterfly fluttering the grace hopper wiggle and running every hell hole and every dive uh, that they can get into. Uh, yes, sir. And he said, that's the way uh, that we used to think. But look what verse 4 said. Uh, but it said, but God, uh, amen. Hey, that is what makes the difference. Uh, God makes the difference right here. I, I was thinking a day uh, about what the Lord had me to speak on tonight. And Brother Cutshaw come up here and sung about it. Amazing grace. Uh, the marvelous grace of God Almighty. Of course, we know there's saving grace. Uh, there's keeping grace. There's teaching grace. Uh, and all the many graces that's given in the Word of God. But I like the one he's singing about tonight. One of these days when it comes time for me to cross over. Jordan, uh, there's going to be a grace that I've never used before that's going to come in handy, brother. Amen. And God will give me grace to cross over to the other side. But I was thinking about amazing grace tonight. Oh, that God could take an unfit subject. Uh, I mean a filthy tool uh, and make it a fit subject for heaven. Uh, and I'll tell you, every one of us sitting in this building tonight, nothing any of us. Uh, oh, you may be dressed.
dressed up tonight, got on a nice dress, uh, or a good suit of clothes. Uh, you may have drove up here in a fine automobile, got money in your pocket. Uh, I want to tell you, my friend, uh, if you're saved tonight, there's a time when you're sinking in despair. You're drifting too far from the shore. You're standing as if it were on rotten planks over hell. You didn't know God. You weren't looking for God. But God in grace and mercy, I came looking and searching for you and I. You have been quickened. Praise God. You have been made alive. It's God that stepped on the scene. And it's the Lord that lifted us up. Old John Newton on that slave ship broke into the captain's quarters and stole his liquors. Got the captain's liquor and drunk the liquor. The old captain decided he'd deal uh, with old uh, uh, John Newton and you know what he He put him down below uh, with all those slaves uh, in all their filth and chained him up uh, with those slaves. Uh, oh, listen, this time passed. Uh, old John Newton recognized uh, that he was chained one day in sin. Uh, I'll tell you, my friends, with no hope seemingly in the filth of Craig Myers of this world. Uh, but God uh, stepped on the scene and no wonder he said uh, amazing grace. Uh, now when we think of amazing grace we usually think of uh, well I do or uh, did uh, mostly the New Testament uh, we think about grace in the New Testament by you read stories about old Philip uh, uh, there and and uh, and Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel said to Philip, Can any good come out of Nazareth? Uh, and Philip said, Come and see. Uh, just come and see. Oh, the next thing we see old Nathaniel walking up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and Jesus said, Nathaniel, uh, think about it. He knew his name. Uh, well, Nathaniel said, How did you know me? Uh, and Jesus said, I saw you. Uh, I sat under that big tree. Uh, well, before you started over here, I'm glad he knew his name. Uh, and he called his name. Uh, I praise God. That's the picture all the way through. God knows the name of every one of us. Amen. He can call your name. I was looking at old Zacchaeus up that sycamore tree. He never met the Lord. In fact, in Luke's Gospel chapter 19, and in verse 3 it says, And he sought to see the Lord, who he was. He didn't know the Lord. I'll tell you, he's sitting up that old sycamore. Yonder comes a great crowd. I see a young'un running ahead, a mole on each side in the midst of that crowd walks the lily in the valley the rose of Sharon the bright the morning star here's old Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of the wheel and Job's horse that pawed in the valley here's the stone that Daniel said you die the mountains without hands here's our whole fire resurrection here's the Passover the Paschal Lamb here my friends is the bridegroom here's God the counselor and the almighty God and when he got into that Sycamore. He looked up and he called Zacchaeus' name. He said, Zacchaeus, wait a minute. It said in verse 3, never met him. Never met him. He sought to see the Lord who he was. But Jesus called his name. Hey, we sing a song sometimes. When I looked up and he looked down. Oh, Zacchaeus couldn't have sung that one. This is the only place where the Savior looked up. And a 
sinner look down. Amen. There he sits. He's got him a ringside seat. Remind me of the story years ago of that Mexican that came up here, old Hosea, wanted to go see that big baseball game. I mean, you want to see a big league ball game. And they said, all the seats is taken. And he couldn't get in. And finally said to the ticket seller, would you let me in? If, if, if I time the flagpole, sit on top of the flagpole. Why, they said, if you'll do that, you can get in for nothing. Man, he climbed that flagpole. He saw that game. When he got back to Mexico, he told them how wonderful those Americans were. Why, he said, I went to that ball game. All the seats are taken. All the tickets are sold. But said, those Americans, that's good to me. He said, they let me sit on top of the flagpole. And he said, before they threw the first pitch, everyone up stood up and said, Jose, can you see? Well, listen, brother. I want to tell you, old Zacchaeus had himself a ringside seat. I mean, he's up that sycamore tree. And Jesus walked up and called his name and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Now, you Greek scholars that's with us tonight, I tell you what that word haste means. He never hit a limb on the way down, honey. Amen. And he received the Lord joyfully. Hey, you know what's the trouble with a lot of people? Bless God. They're not joyful. Nothing's ever Hey, you can't get God in you. You can't get born again. You can't get saved. Heaven can't be your home without you having some joy down inside. Is that right? Bless God. Down the back of our house is an old mockingbird. I get to the top of that cedar tree in the springtime. I tell you, brother, wait all spring as the gentle breeze blows the top of that old cedar waves and that mockingbird. He sings all night. Amen. I mean, he's singing. He's a coming. He's a coming. He's a coming. I've never heard that mockingbird grapping because the weather's too hot. I ain't heard him grapping because it didn't rain enough. I didn't hear him grap because it rained too much. I've never heard him grap because he couldn't find a, a bug to eat or dig up a worm somewhere. I've never heard that bird grap. Not the first time. Now, I'll tell you, friends, listen. He's a singing. He's got a song in his heart. That's what it's talking about over in the Psalms. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you, you ever get God in your soul? Have you got to sing a little? Have you got to shout a little? Yes, sir. Oh, I'll tell you, friends, listen. I go to the woods in the fall of the year, and I hear the, the squirrels barking. And I believe they're saying he's a-coming. He's a-coming. He's a-coming. Yes, sir. Then we got some chickens. I'll tell you, bless God all night long. That old Dominic Rooster, he's a crows all night. I mean, he's saying he's a-coming. He's a-coming. He's a-coming. You say, you're crazy. Hold on a minute. Did you ever read in the Bible where it said this whole earth is groaning and waiting for this adoption for Jesus? to come back. Uh, hey! I'll tell you the rooster. I believe his cronies are coming. Uh, I used to raise him mammoth jacks. Uh, you remember that? Big old jacks and, uh, and jennies. Uh, I mean the kind get the big Tennessee mules out of. Every uh, morning about four o'clock. Uh, that old jack down to barn and warm up. Uh, and he go, oh, 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 boy, I listen. Hey! I believe that jack saying he's a coming. Uh, he's a coming! He's a coming! He's a coming! Uh, yes, sir! You say you're crazy, bless God. You listen to me, I ain't listen to you, amen. Hey, 
today. I tell you, friends, listen. The amazing grace of God is found. Praise God. Listen, my friend. Oh, Philip said, Jesus said unto Nathaniel, Come and see. Philip said unto Nathaniel, Come and see. And he came. He saw grace. Grace is shown forth. Look at that woman at the well. Been married five times. Hey, most of us had kicked her out in a hurry, wouldn't we? Come on. And the man she's living with was not her husband. I'll tell you, Jesus made a statement and said, I must needs go through Samaria. Why did he make that statement? Well, hey, those Jews wouldn't even let the soles of their feet touch Samaritan soil. And Jesus said, I must needs go through that. Why did he go through that? I think it's shown right here. As he comes to that well, here comes this Samaritan woman to draw water. And he said to her, I'd like a drink. She looked at him. She said, aren't you a Jew? I'm a Samaritan. Why do you ask me for a drink of water? And Jesus fired back at her and said, Hey, if you knew who it was talking to you, you'd ask me for a drink. Now that sounds like double talk, doesn't it? Huh? You know what that woman said? She said, Sir, that well's deep. And you don't have anything to draw with. In other words, you ain't got a bucket. Honey, he didn't need a bucket. He is the well. Amen? He said to that woman, You come to this well, you get water and you drink and you go away and you get thirsty and you come back. But he said, If you drink of this water that I am. You'll never thirst again. Oh, I'll tell you, listen, my friend. The Bible said that woman went into town. She told what had happened. And it said a multitude became believers because of that woman's testimony. Look at that woman taken in the very act of adultery. The crowd was going to stone her to death. Yes, sir. I'll tell you how that crowd... I wonder how many whoremongers stood there. I wonder how many uh, bad people stood in that crowd that day. How many of them, my friends, have fixed the stone that woman to death? Hey, all of them probably had a rock in their hand. Uh, but Jesus, my friends, uh, I look at uh, that crowd and He said, Ye that without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. Uh, hey, there wasn't one of them could throw a little pebble. Uh, it went long to the crowd dispersed and went away. Uh, now listen to me. Uh, Jesus looked at that woman. Wait a minute. He didn't uh, uh, condone her sin. Uh, no, sir. Now tell you, He came, uh, my friends, of the Savior, not as one to condemn. And he said to that woman, Thy sins are forgiven. Go thy way and sin the more. I see that woman as she walks off down the trail with a skip in her heel, a smile on her face and her name in the Lamb's Book of Life. All the way through the New Testament story after story that tells of the amazing grace of God. But some of the most interesting stories I think you'll ever find about grace is shown forth in the Old Testament. Uh, that's right. Uh, you remember last night, uh, our Brother Huntley mentioned about uh, David showing grace and mercy to old Saul. Uh, he done that through all of his life. Did you know that? I have a message that I preach sometimes about Shimei. Shimei was uh, the son of Jeray. Jeray was also the father of uh, Ehud, uh, who killed uh, Eglon, who was the king over the Moabites. Uh, the Bible said Ehud was a left-handed man, uh, and uh, Eglon was a fat man. I have a message that I preach sometimes on when lefty, let fatty have it. Yes, sir. But I'll tell you, my friends, I, I was reading that about this left-handed man. He was a brother to Shimei. And we find
and uh, that they were from the household of Saul. Uh, now notice, my friends, uh, as David uh, was running from Absalom, uh, the Bible said that uh, uh, he had some of his men with him, and as he came to a certain hillside, uh, it said that Shimei came out and cast stones at him, uh, and threw dust at him, and cursed him, uh, and called him a bloody man. Uh, now one of David's soldiers stepped up and said, uh, let me take his head off. David said, no, don't do that. Maybe I deserve it. But I'll tell you, my friends, listen, it wasn't long till Absalom's defeated and uh, to the household of Saul, uh, grace is shown forth all of David's life. You remember, my friends, that grace was shown uh, to Ziba, who was the servant uh, from the household of Saul. You remember a young man, and we'll talk about him in just a little bit, by the name of Mephibosheth, uh, how that grace was shown uh, out of that young fellow. And now grace is shown to Shimei. Hey, let me tell you, my friend, uh, praise God for grace. Uh, that's found in the Old Testament. Uh, and we see it as it's shown forth in the story of uh, Mephibosheth, uh, a grandson of Saul. Uh, one day old David said to Ziba, are there any that's left of the household of Saul? And, uh, and uh, Ziba said, there's one. You blessed all the rest of them, but there's one you haven't blessed. Uh, but you wouldn't be interested in him. He's a crippled uh, person. Uh, and... Uh, and, and, uh, and the uh, law says that a cripple cannot come into the throne room. Uh, and uh, David said, well, who is he? Uh, said, he's the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. Uh, oh, David said, Jonathan's boy? I love Jonathan like no man that I've ever known in the flesh. He said, where is he? said, he lives in the land of Lodibar, in the house of Mekar. Now, if you search that out, you'll find that that word Mekar means soul. S-O-L-D. The word Lodibar means a dry country, a place of no bread. I'll tell you, my friends, a dusty land. He's living there. Wait a minute. When that boy was a child, David's soldiers has come into the city. And the Bible said, I'm grabbed that little boy up to run with him uh, and she stumbled and fell uh, and he was a cripple from that day forth. Now then he's 21 years old. For all these years he's been hiding uh, because you see David uh, is his natural enemy. Alright, let's see what happens. David said, you go bring that boy here. I want to bless him for Jonathan's sake. Uh, I see those, that old servant, he gets in the chat, the teamster shouts every nerve and the horse's bodies tremble uh, and boy that uh, a chat takes off to the land of Lodibar, to the house uh, of Mekar. Now turn it around. Uh, I see old Mekar, maybe standing in the uh, yard, and he says to uh, Mephibosheth, Hey, hey, Mephibosheth, you better run and hide. Yonder comes the federal troops, uh, and who knows, they may stop and get you. Instead of him running like a 21-year-old a man or boy could, uh, I see him as he begins to crawl on the ground. Uh, he gets into the house, uh, maybe into a back room somewhere. Instead of the chat going by it stops uh, and old Ziba gets out and he inquires of Mekar do you have a boy here with the name of Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan the son of Saul and, uh, and, and old Mekar knows he can't lie they may search the house and find the boy so he said why yes he's here and old Ziba the mighty servant said tell him to come out I want to talk with him uh, here comes that boy crawling on the floor he gets to the door he looks up and that old servant looked down and said to him are you Mephibosheth the 
son of Jonathan, the son of Saul? And he said, yes. Uh, he said, the king sent for you. Uh, boy, I see the hot talk tears uh, as they begin to run down that boy's face. Uh, and he looks up and said, uh, is he going to kill me? Hey, wait a minute. He's been trying to run and hide uh, all these years. David is his enemy. And he said, is he going to kill me? And that big old servant said, oh, no, boy. It's not anything like that. said, he's going to bless you. <laughs> hey, I see that big old servant uh, reach down with tender hands. Uh, he lifts that young man up and helps him to the chariot. I see the teamsters. He shouts again. Back to the palace goes that chariot. Boys, it comes in. I see old servant, that old servant get out. Amen. And if I remember correctly, one place in the Bible, the Bible refers to the Holy Ghost of God as a servant. Oh, I tell you, I see him. A type of the Holy Ghost reaching up, taking that little old boy, helping him down through the hall, into the throne room, leading before King David. And old David said, Are you Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul? And that little old crippled boy looked up in his helpless form and said, Yes, my Lord, but what am I but a dead dog in your sight? And when he said that, David spoke and said, I know who you are. I loved your father like no man I've ever known in the flesh. I knew your grandpa and I loved him. And I know who you are. And he said, I want to bless you for Jonathan's sake. I hear old Zeba speak up and say, Your Majesty, now we've got good quarters to stay in and we've got good rations to eat. And I'll tell you, we'll, we'll take the boy out there and we'll keep him with us. Ah, uh, David said, not so. He said, you see that east room where the visiting queens and kings uh, and the monarchs stay said get it ready he's going to stay in the east room uh, and then he said uh, he's going to put his feet under my table uh, amen and I read that story and I believe I'm correct about this read it when you go home uh, five times he said to that boy you can sit at my table continually uh, continually 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 as you well know that number five is the number for grace uh, you may be deformed. You may make a bad mistake in life. You may pull some crooked nails along life's journey. But honey, bless God when grace is shown. And you get your feet on the table. Hey, hey, hey. And you know what David said? He said, as long as I'm king, you can put your feet on my table. Oh, one day, listen. Oh, Billy Kelly, I was sold out to the devil. And sold out to sin. I was living in a dry country, a place of no bread, a dusty land. I'm going to tell you, glory to God, the Holy Ghost loaded up and found me in the sky over yonder Maxville, Tennessee. Thank God, I want to tell you, friends, I was running from God. I tell you, God was my natural enemy as far as I was concerned. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want around the blood-washed crowd. I want to run with the honky-tonk bunch. Great hooty pole and tadpole and anything else. Hey! I'll tell you, my friends, son, he found me in despair. And with tender hands, he lifted me. Praise God, he lifted me from sinking sand. He loaded me up. And he hauled me to the throne room. I'll tell you, I fell before God. I said, oh God, what am I 
got a terrible sinner in your sight. God said, I know who you are. I know your grandpas and your daddy and all the rest of them. And I know who you are. And he said, I want to bless you for Jesus' sake. Take you my friend's graves uh, was shown. Uh, amen. To God, I want to tell you, I'm not going to hang out on a border somewhere. I'm not going to leave on the outskirts. Uh, amen. To God, they get in the rooms ready, honey. They get in the mansions ready. They get the thing. The things getting in order. Yes, sir. Amen. To God, in one of these mornings, Cammy, uh, I'm going to put my feet on the table. Uh, as David said, as long as I'm king, how long you think God's going to be king? Uh, and forever, and forever, and forever, I'm going to stick my feet on the table and rejoice forever. You're talking about a thrilling story of grace. Brother, you read that story of old Hosea. I don't know the thing tear a man's heart out anymore than to have precious little children and you come in one day and your wife's become the filthy toy of filthier men. Now just, hey, just put yourself in these shoes. Yeah. Well, I, I hear, hey, you young fellers, throw this out the window. I'd do this, and I'd do that. You don't know what you'll do till you face a situation. And maybe somebody here wouldn't harm a, a hair on a flea's head. And some certain thing happened, you may blow somebody's brains out. That's right. And there may be some old toughie here tonight. Bless God, you could tie rattlesnakes under one arm and bobcats under the other and, and drink coffee boiling hot out of a pot and look like you're the roughest bird around and something could happen and you'd cry like a baby. So quit that junk of what I do, this, that. You don't know what you'll do. <clears throat> Old Hosea was God's man. I'll tell you one thing he done. He stayed with the Lord. No doubt on occasions he may have seen his wife with her lovers. His heart was torn out. Now then her beauty's gone. Wrinkles all over her face. She's been the toy filthier men. There she's on the slave block. They're fixing the auctioneer off. The auctioneer begins his chant. Hey, hey, how much would they give now? Hey, but if you even find him on, he's gone. Somebody said, I wouldn't give much for that old hag. Boy, the men begin to wink at one another. They begin to laugh. They know what she's been. About that time, listen... That old preacher strains his eyes and he recognizes her. It's his precious wife. She didn't leave him because of mental cruelty. He didn't leave her because of mental cruelty. Somebody said to me, he said, you ever thought about divorce? I said, no, I thought about murder a few times. <laughs> well, I've been married 40 years. The guy said, you ever seen a flying saucer? I said, yeah, and a few plates with it. Said, did she go home to Mama? No. And I didn't go home to Papa. You know why? It's too good a fight. I'm going to stay and see how things are going to turn out. Amen. <laughs> hey, if you ain't never made up, you know what it's all about? No, how. Say amen right there. Oh, I know some of you never did say anything mean, get mad. Man, I'm, I'm different. I, I tell you, about a ten penny day on two sometimes. But anyhow, here's this old preacher. And there's his precious wife, and he pays the price and takes her home. Now then, let me give you this. When I was a boy, Brother Huntley, yeah. I don't know whether you all had this up here or not, I had an old great-grandma went to the state of Texas and got mixed up with the Christian sites. And she came back in our country, and she had a verse that the Christian scientists teach. 
That if you court it when somebody's bleeding to death, it'll stop them from bleeding. Anybody ever hear that? Raise your hand. All right? A lot of people here have heard that. That's the only verse in the Bible I knew when they got saved. You know it? Bill Bright, you know that verse? Ezekiel 6, 16, I believe it is, or either 16, 6, but I believe 6, 16. Now listen to it. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted thine blood, I said unto thee, when I was nine blood live, yea, I said unto thee, when I was nine blood live. That's all I knew. I've been saved for years and years. That verse had come to me sometime. And really, I didn't know what to talk about. All I know is said, stop and bleeding. You're bleeding to death. And they told us, get over in the corner and stick your head in the corner and quote it over and over and over and over. And every kid around us memorized that verse. And when I passed by them, saw they blew nine blood. I know what he's even talking about. Brother, you get around the Scriptures and you look up what he's talking about and it'll put you on cloud nine. You see, uh, when a woman was going to have a, an illegitimate child and going to throw it away, or they didn't want a, a child, it could have been a legitimate child, she didn't want it, going to throw it away. There's beggars and thieves and robbers that watch that woman that was bearing a child. And when they threw that little child in the field, they'd go out there and steal it. They'd clean it up. And they'd make a slave out of it. That's where they'd get slaves. Now watch it. Listen to what he said. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluting thy blood, there that little baby was. It was a little girl. And she was laying in the field. And he told about how did he pick that little child up. And he took and he cleaned her up. And he tells how that she grows up and becomes a beautiful woman. And then one day, she played the part of the harlot. It's a beautiful picture of Israel, my friend. And the story of Hosea is telling the same story here. She went whoring. She went after her lovers. And I've heard people say there's no difference in sin. Don't show your Bible ignorance by making a statement like that. There's nothing... In the sight of God, any blacker and dirtier than murder and adultery. God is constantly in the Bible talking to His people about murdering and about their adulterous ways of living. Over and over, He talks about it and pleads with them to turn from that kind of living. Get away from it. Here we find, my friends, that this girl grows up, becomes a picture of Israel, a beautiful woman, and yet she plays the part of the harlot. But I'll tell you, that's a story of Hosea. There, graves is shown for it. Now, here on the platform the other night, I'm going to give you this, and I'm through. I was talking to Brother Billy Bright about graves is shown in the Old Testament. And uh, I'm going to give you this story, and it's a blessing to me. I hope I get it over to you. You ever read about Rahab the harlot? Huh? Everywhere you turn, it says, Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. You get to the New Testament and there she is lined up in the great faith chapter. And by the way, there's five Gentile women in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And there she is lined up in that great faith chapter. There's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, watch it now, and Rahab the harlot. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm not trying to condemn nobody, put nobody down. I'm just going to tell the truth about it. You pull some deals in this life. You can pull some deals and follow you to your grave, my friend. I mean, you can get out here and you can do some things and then one day go to church and get right with God. You can live for God for 50 years. Watch it now. 50 years. And finally you die. And on the day that they're burying you, there may be multitudes come by and say, Boy, that's one of the finest women I've ever known in my life. 
That's one of the greatest men that I, one of the finest Christians I ever met in my life. And they'll talk about it. But somewhere, listen to me, before they get away from that graveyard, somebody say, well, you know, I heard one time. And they drag it out. Am I right? Come on now. All these officials have been trying to put in Washington for the last little while. Boy, some of them looked lily white until they said, I believe I remember. And they drag it out. Here's this woman lined up with the greatest patriarchs in the Bible. And they still said, Rahab the harlot. They don't forget. I've done things in my life I'm sorry to say. I wish I'd never done that. I've said things I wish I'd never said that. I've acted ways I wish I had acted that way. I really have. I'm honest with you. I'd be the last to tell you I've been a perfect man since I've been saved. I've made a lot of mistakes along life's journey. I've been saved preaching for 43 years. I've been an evangelist for about 40 years. And I'll tell you something. I've made a lot of mistakes along life's journey. I really have. And I've done things, no doubt, there'll be people that never forget that the day they shovel dirt in my face, they'll never forget it. That's right. Why? The world just doesn't forget. But here's the blessing. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. And it begins to give the lineage of Jesus Christ. Watch it now. And it comes down and it says, and in his lineage, Rahab. The harlot is dropped. Are you getting this? As long as you line up with the world, they never forget the harlot. But when you get lined up with Jesus, but God, but that's what makes an effort. But God, that's what makes an effort. And he just simply said, Rahab. All my past, all my present, all my future. Was laid upon him at Calvary. And the world may look at me, they may call up things that I've done, and uh, tell things that, uh, uh, things that I've said, and all of that. I'll tell you, when I got lined up for Jesus, praise God, all my past was washed away. All my sins is cast in the sea of forgetfulness. God said, I, even I, and he that bloweth out thy transgressions and will not remember your sin anymore. Isn't that marvelous to know that? Here's something elementary. God said he put your sins as far as the North Pole is from the South Pole. Oh, no. See, here's the North Pole, here's the South Pole. The shortest distance that you could take anyway from the North Pole is the South Pole. The shortest distance. Hey, you ain't going but halfway. God couldn't have put your sins but halfway. But he said, I'm going to put your sins as far as the east is from the west. No man knows where the east begins. No man knows where it stops. No man knows where the west begins. No man knows where it stops. Ha, ha, said the devil. I'll find them. And he started walking west. Uh, he walked slam around the world, come up the east, and he's still headed west. Uh, and then found my sin. Amen. The devil said, I'll go east and I'll find them. Uh, he walked all the way around the world, uh, come up in the west, and he's still headed east. Uh, and then found my sin. Suppose God had to put him on the backside of the moon. 
Some bird got in a flying contraption in the 20th century, got on the back side of the moon, and the devil said, there they are. I knew he had them somewhere. There they are! But God said, I'm going to put them away forever. And thank God, the harlot was dropped. And it was just Rahab. Father, take these few scattered words tonight, use them for thy glory. Encourage every saint of God here tonight. Help every one of us that are saved to know our past is gone. All of our present doings and future, whatever, was laid upon Jesus Christ and He became the sin bearer. Didn't become a sinner, but He became a sin bearer. All of our sins are gone tonight. Thank God one of these mornings we're going to see you face to face. We've been singing about heaven tonight. Then where we'll live forever. I'm glad, dear Lord, we're headed that way. Bless every child of God tonight to know that it's worth it all to live for Christ. Thank you for what you've done already in Jesus' name. Amen. I must tell you this. Yonder in Atlanta, Georgia, as the Civil War was raging, had a tent set up trying to work on the wounded. People was in their intestines hanging out where they'd been blown to pieces. People's arms missing, legs missing. Over there on the back side of that tent, the doctors and nurses heard somebody screaming out, Over here! Over here! Over here! Over here! One of the nurses went running over and said, Sir, there's a young man about 18 or 19 years old. Arm was shot off. And she said, Sir, listen, there's others here in as bad a shape as you are, worse. And we'll get to you just as quick as we can. That little old boy laying on that bed, that arm shot off, said, Oh, he said, I wasn't calling for y'all. He said, There's having a roll call in heaven. <laughs> and I was hollering over here. <laughs> boy, I want to tell you one of these mornings, thank God, listen. Wounded, shot up, shot at. Amen, there's going to be a roll call in You mean that, Brother Kirk? There's got to be a roll call one of these days. Over here. Glory to God, brother. Catch out of here, honey. And be home with him forever. And